Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Okay, we are back. A lot to share with you guys. As always, we're always going to be focused on sharing with you the latest headlines as they pertain to real estate sales. I've had a morning full of coaching calls. So has Julie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Julie, what have you taken away from your coaching calls? You know, people are generally pretty busy and still I absolutely see a trend. Now, some of this is because of the people that I've talked to are towards the middle of the country. They have people searching for acreage. They have people looking. They say, don't show me anything that doesn't have a backyard. Mm -hmm. Don't show me anything that doesn't have a home office. So this is maybe a micro trend, maybe a macro trend, but I like it. It's causing houses to sell and it's causing the semi-rural that were definitely frustrated before. Oh, it's too far out. We're not having those problems right now. So that's interesting. Um, I definitely see the loan process being a bit more complicated with documentation. Things like having to verify employment as er, as close to closing as two or three days before closing, kind of a, almost like a re-underwriting process. So make sure that you are uh, coaching your buyer clients and some of your listings are also buyer clients that this is going to happen. And you may be coaching other agents that perhaps are not watching this, that, hey, you know, this is a bad time to go and apply for new credit. This is a bad time to take fewer hours if you don't have to at your job. You're going to be highly documented. Now, in exchange for that, you might also be getting a mortgage loan for as low as two and a half percent. So all is not lost. That's right. And so uh, from I had a coaching call this morning with someone who works a lot with almost exclusively with institutional investors. Mm -hmm. And he said the institutional investors, the three that he works with, are all frothing and basically Mm -hmm. ready to pick up stuff. They're anticipating the institutional investors are anticipating being able to being able to pick up homes at a discount. And as we shared with you guys yesterday, even though it does sound strange, there is obvious uh, price deterioration. Um, there was National Association of Realtors article that came out, or you know, through Realtor um, Magazine, and there are other articles that came out that are showing essentially prices are falling ten to fifteen percent. Um, some people are suggesting that they're going to fall towards 30% into next year. I doubt it. that's true. I did interestingly, did I tell you this, Julie? I came across mm-hmm. a very interesting article. I've been studying a lot about, reading a lot about the Great Depression, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is the article I want to share with yep, them today. Yep, I got it ready. And the, um, the home values in the Depression only dropped by 25%. Yeah, it's not as bad as we've kind of led to believe. Right. So that's, that's the moral of the story. Well, but the nature of, you know, home ownership was completely different back then. I mm-hmm. imagine there wasn't such upward mobility well, as there true. is now. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, people would just basically, maybe there was more actual value deterioration, but maybe people just didn't give a hoot. So they just stayed put, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and the amount of money was dramatically less. Remember that people could not actually finance homes the way we do right. now until after the depression. So I, I have a copy of my grandparents' uh, first house contract. It was for, it was in the, let's see, I would have been in the 20s, uh, 1920s, and it was for $9,000. <laughs> 
About 3,000 of it was owner financed. Wow. And then the, by the time they had their down payment, it was almost already 50% paid off. So it wasn't like you owed a million something, right? right? So, you know, but that's still interesting. And I think that there's going to be a lot of studying of the depression. So overall, I would say that people are very optimistic. What Julie yeah. and I predicted 60, 90 days ago about there being a mini boom is definitely happening. I think the mini boom is going to really make people feel good. <laughs> I do. I hope so. The real estate industry is going to have a big collective sigh of relief that everyone's going to be experiencing probably late June, early July. Um, guys, you know, don't trust it though. We really don't see any reasons to believe it's going to last through the end of the year. So make sure you're protecting yourselves. And if you've not yet downloaded our ultimate agent survival guide just text the word survival to 31996 text the word survival to 31996 and um, i say this every day on every podcast and every other podcast that i do with other people and i think it's true and until someone comes up with a viable argument against it we're going to keep saying it uh, until there's a vaccine or a therapy or I'll throw a third on yeah. an, an acceptance of it being what it is. And there's nothing we can do about it unless there's some essential uh, collective agreement that we're just going to live with the coronavirus or we're not going to shut the entire economy down or uh, there's a therapy or there's a vaccine until that happens. And until unemployment, um, that number drops uh, below obviously where it is now, we're going to have massive insurmountable headwinds, uh, for any sort of sustainable recovery to the economy. It just, it isn't conceivable that with those two big obstacles in the way of, uh, you know, essentially our economy, that it's going to be a, any sort of quick bounce back. And all the people who were trumpeting the idea there was going to be a V-shaped recovery, whatever happened to all those so-called mm. economists, they're all sort of gone. Their V-shape become the Nike swoosh. <laughs> yes, they're searching for the proper shape or letter. Right. So uh, I think if this were the olden times, Economists would basically be mostly sideshow freak types who are also mm -hmm. selling you witchcraft and alchemy. And this is just the modern version of witchcraft and alchemy. No one really knows. This is a huge experiment that's never happened in the history of humanity before. Um, and in the short run, here's what matters is you guys are all going to be experiencing having the opportunity to participate in what is going to feel like a real estate boom. So make sure you do it. And if you guys haven't downloaded our ultimate agent survival guide, make sure you do that. Just text the word survival to 31996. So National Association of Realtors, uh, as you guys know, we sometimes publish our uh, podcast on NAR's website as well. We've been big proponents of NAR for a long time. And any of you guys who aren't proponents of NAR don't know what they actually do to cover your bacon. And I'll give you a salient recent example. A lot of the recent programs with regards to the PPP and all these other things that so many of you guys are using as a financial lifeline, and you should be, and again, that's included in our Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. Just text the word survival to 31996. Well, NARA was instrumental in making sure that agents were covered. 1099s and W-2s were covered for all these types of programs. Original um, proposals were just for W-2s, which would have meant a lot of 1099 agents would have just been left swinging in the breeze. And you know what? That would have happened to most of you guys. You would have been financially devastated. Mm -hmm. So NAR was the – and back in the last crash, NAR actually – 
intervened when the banks were essentially trying to make it the law that on REOs and short sales that they could set the commission rates for the real estate brokers. So anyway, there's my little commercial for NAR. They, but they are your advocate. They are. They really are your advocate. They maybe do a poor job of explaining to you what they actually do. But without NAR, there's very good reasons to believe we would have been long dealt out of the game. And by we, I mean the real estate industry, as for in sure. you, agents and brokers. Um, so there was a great article that they published. And Julie, if you can just sort of hit the high yeah, points. I, got it. I know it's long, mm-hmm. but if you, if you I'll, find... I'll do a little bit of scanning, a little bit of talking here to get to all the points we need. But. Okay. So here's an article that they come out with. And this is the, re- the reason we're reading this to you is because it's in perfect alignment with what Julie and I've been saying for the last mm-hmm. 90 days. Almost like, dare I say, mm. somebody at NAR who wrote the article is listening to our podcast. Julie? Yes, which is great. Okay, so the title is, Are We in a Recession or a Depression? How Each Would Affect Housing. And as Tim said, this is quite a robust article, so I'll try and pull out some of the main points. The past two coronavirus-ravaged months have left many folks wondering if we're in a recession or maybe even a Great Depression repeat like in the 1930s. Which of the scenarios is most likely and what's the difference between them? So let's start with some definitions. What is a uh, recession? Most economists consider a recession to be a period of time with at least two consecutive quarters, two quarters of negative growth, which are consecutive, translation, high in unemployment and a lot of financial pain. There are other factors, but that those are the main tenets of it. Um, and I was just talking about my grandparents. They were definitely scarred by the uh, Great Depression, but there's also a lot of people who remember the recession very clearly too, um, coaching clients and otherwise. So what's the difference between that and a depression? Well, the phrase is commonly knocked about and there's lots of different definitions strangely for depression Um, but basically it depends on the severity and length of the crisis the longer it lasts and the worse it is the more likely we are to call it a depression Uh, lawrence white an economics professor at new york university says you know it when you see it now let's compare some numbers around the great recession recession unemployment peaked at 10 percent in late 2009 That crisis lasted about a year and a half, starting in December of 2007 and ending in June 2009. Meanwhile, unemployment hovered around 25% in 1933, which was the worst of the Great Depression. And that depression lasted for almost a decade into the 1930s until World War II finally pulled it out of the dire straits. So the the Great Depression, to the, the previous point, difference between depression and recession is really the length and the depth, okay? So you have two things going on. You had 25% unemployment and you had a very, very stretched out time of crisis versus the 2007 to 2009. Yes, unemployment was bad at 10%, but it was basically over and done with with the road to recovery within about 18 months. So let's compare that to today. Since the crisis began in mid-March, more than 33 million have filed for unemployment. Unemployment, including furloughs, is expected to be somewhere between 15 and 20%. That's about one in five American workers who is not working. Okay, so then you can look at the financial markets and how they're being affected. Um, This is definitely a unique situation the economists are talking about. We don't have a direct comparison, um, but let's see. The start and date, end date of a recession, they're trying to pin a date on it. Um, as depressions are not actually an official economic term, the Bureau isn't likely to say we're in one, and hopefully it won't come to that. 
Economics, ec economists are hopeful that the stimulus checks and small business loans are going to make a big difference, as well as mortgage forbearances. All the stuff we've been talking about. So that's the, the main difference. See, they didn't have mortgage forbearance. They didn't have all of the, the stimulus stuff in the Depression or in the recession. Well, but the big takeaway is um, is that effectively what they're laying out is what you guys had you been listening to the podcast would have been hearing from us two, three months ago. But what they're suggesting does essentially uh, make sense. And it's also, as we have also been suggesting, probably not going to happen because the probability of there being enough stimulus to essentially uh, make up for the loss of revenue that's coming into small businesses, you know, it's not going to be enough. And so there's a statistic that we took from, I forget the source, that effectively was a survey of small business owners and 64% of them said this is essentially going to put them on their heels to the point where they're probably just not going to open up shop again. So you have to be taking in, if you are a small business owner yourselves, agents, and you have to be taking in all these data points because your community, your everyone you're going to be selling a house to, everyone that you know, they're also probably working for small businesses by definition of, you know, the government's definition of a small business. How can I say that so confidently? Because literally almost 100%, I know that's a crazy statistic, but it's like over 99% or something crazy like that. Google it yourself. Of all businesses are classified as small businesses. So when you hear all of these, you know, goofballs talking about the only people that are going to be adversely affected uh, employment-wise are the sort of, you know, the low-wage workers. That's a, become a political thing. You have to realize what that is essentially are people that are, so, you know, thinking about the election. They're trying to, you know, have those low-wage workers think that they've somehow been forgotten about and all the rest of it. That's what's really going on. It's being politicized. Yeah. Um, and it's not real data, not real information. So we are sharing with you the facts we want you to be optimistic. We want you to make the most of this mini boom. We want you to make the most of, frankly, all the government lifelines, absolutely urgently do all that. But at the same time, we want you to be prepared. We want you to be smart so that when people ask you, what do you think's going on? You're not just parroting back Mickey Mouse. It's a great time to buy. It's a great time to sell. You know, Or the flip side to it is some of you are scaring customers off by being not having facts and frankly giving away, you know, saying things that make people want to jump off a tall bridge. So just use information that's based on your, uh, essentially your sifting and sorting of the things that you think are valid. You can piggyback on what Julie and I are saying and thinking obviously a lot of other people in the real estate industry are because we've thought through this. But Julie and I are not economists. I mean, in college, we are both English majors, for God's sake. <laughs> but we've had to learn these things for the viability of our own businesses after the last, you know, through the last three decades. Well, we've had to sort of become housing economists. That's right. You know, through coaching calls in our own uh, real estate practice and just, you know, lots and lots of transactions and lots and lots of coaching calls. You'll appreciate this. Yeah. So, uh, to call yourself a coach, obviously, there's no rules. Anybody, and that's reason there's a sure. billion coaches out there, right? Yeah. Some agent speaks in front of their office once, they call themselves a real estate coach. There's no criteria. Um, but the same thing goes for being an economist. There are no rules mm -hmm. to call yourself an economist. Yeah. You can get a job someplace, and uh, you know part of your job is you have to do some forecasting of what's going to happen going forward in the economy. You go to Bloomberg or whatever, put an article together, you know, yep. send it out to everyone who works in the company. Your new title is economist, and that's the you know kind of definition of the buffoonery that's going on in our in our, in our well, economy. It's all speculation right? at the end of the day. That right? is, it's just guessing. It's just essentially. 
you know, that's all it really is, guys. It's almost it, like business psychology on some level. And the know? best the best way to cut through all of it is just use common sense. And that's why Julie and I are going back to what we said in, initially with regards to the headwinds. And if you can think of a reason why the, you know, non-resolution of the coronavirus and the, you know, double-digit unemployment rate won't adversely affect the overall recovery of the economy, if you can tell me a viable reason... Email it to me, text it to me, give me a reason to change my opinion. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's going to, you know, I'm going to, and Julie and I are going to keep saying it every day because it makes it so that you guys can, you know, be hopeful for the future, but absolutely prepare. And that's what we're all about. All right. So continue, well, Jules. So just so that we can kind of help them think about this from the same article, it says in a normal recession, in a normal recession, sellers will try to wait it out. The number of listings fall as folks wait until the economy improves and they can score top dollar again for their properties. Only people who have to sell, oh, have to versus want to, only have people who have to sell will choose to sell. Meanwhile, during the Great Depression, prices dropped at a, by about 25%. If this turns out to be more like a, the depression, prices will likely come down further and there will be fewer home sales. If this turns into a more prolonged downturn, I don't think it'll change the desire for people to buy homes, but it will make it more difficult for them to make it a reality. The nation could also experience another wave of foreclosures if the high unemployment continues once the mortgage forbearance period ends. This is the bellwether, I think, is the timing. Borrowers with the most government loans, as well as many private ones, are eligible for up to 12 months of forbearance, i.e. missed payments, if they've lost income due to the pandemic. Now, Remember, they have to work something out with their mortgage company, as we've talked to you guys about. But here's the great hope. The hope is that anyone who's had to delay their mortgage payments can get a job in the next 12 months so we don't see another foreclosure crisis. So that's the whole forbearance game, right? So you've got, maybe you've lost your job. You've got 12 months to figure that out because mortgage companies have said at the end of those forbearances, if you do not have a job, we are not even going to do a loan mod for you. Okay, so that's the big race. Meanwhile, maybe there will be a vaccine that happens and maybe things will start to come back. But this is the big gamble. So the nation's current suffering does resemble more of a depression than a recession currently. But the deciding factor will be the length of the prolonged pain. Right. And so we have been giving you guys the over and under on that. Some people are saying uh, by the end of the year, some people are saying 18 months. Other people are saying never will there be some sort of resolution to uh, the coronavirus. It's just going to be something we have to live with. So you have to be thinking in terms of, and Julia is now rushing. If you hear the door opening and closing, <laughs> she is going to Premier Coaching. If you're in the Premier Coaching program, make sure you guys are attending the daily semi-private coaching call with uh, Julie. She does, she's been doing three or four of these um, sessions per week. And obviously, Premier Coaching members, that is an absolute urgent thing for all of you to do to get direct access to Julie every single day and ask your toughest questions. And a lot of you just attend the session and you just listen, which is great, too, because you can learn a lot that way by listening to other people's challenges. Um, so with regards to the different outcomes for the essentially the economy as we move forward, what makes the most sense if you don't overanalyze and you don't get caught in any political rabbit holes, which is going to you know, naturally happen to a lot of you. In other words, you're just going to look, you're going to have a set of beliefs and then you're just going to look for more things to reinforce it. Um, the, the ultimate, most obvious resolution is going to be that there won't be a short run or short term uh, vaccine or therapy for the coronavirus. <clears throat> there is more information coming out that there's actually multiple strands of this thing already. One is a mild version and one is not so mild version. Um, so look, all this information is just going to boil up as we as you know, science progresses and they learn more about it. 
you need to understand that no matter what direction the economy goes, no matter what direction housing goes, no matter what direction the politics goes or all the rest of it, even interest rates, guys, you can be successful no matter what. Your livelihood is not dependent um, and your financial outcome, right? It's not dependent on whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. It's not dependent on who the president is. It's not dependent on what interest rates are. It's not dependent even on the government lifelines that you're getting. It's dependent on what you know and you mastering what you know, or at least getting to the point where you're on your way to mastering it so that people will want to hire you to solve their problems. That's it. That's the one difference. That's the thing that will make the ultimate outcome for you is your ability to help other people solve the problems they're going to be experiencing. And as Julie just read you in that article from the National Association of Realtors, they're predicting that um, there is going to be essentially an outcome in the future that is yet to be determined and is largely tied to what the unemployment rate is going to be. Now, what she didn't get to and what we're going to, uh, there was another great article and we'll do it tomorrow, is they're talking about, guess what? Another thing that Julie and I have been drilling down on, the effect of inflation on housing prices. And I'll foreshadow it a bit for you. The consensus is there's going to be, again, I'm sorry for keeping patting Julie and I on our backs, but here it is. We told you guys this 90 days ago. The consensus is there's going to be some, uh, you know, deflation, okay? Homes losing value. And that's what's experienced. That's what we're experiencing now. So home prices are dropping 10, 15% is what the National Association of Realtors was essentially proposing what happened this year. And remember, they're the ones that are going to be the most optimistic. Other sources we've been reading have been obviously a little bit more severe. But let's just stick with National Association of Realtors. Lawrence Yoon said 15% by the end of the year. Okay, so that is absolute dropping in value. And some people are going to lose their down payments. Now, you know, some people are going to be underwater. This is the start of a trend. And these are the natural sort of things that happen when there's a lot of unemployment. So people are now having their houses in forbearance and probably there's going to be extensions of all these lifeline programs because this recession, depression, it is probably a depression. That's how historically this will be remembered. This depression isn't going to just pop and be over and everything's going to be fine again. Again, no V-shaped recovery on a horizon. So if a year from now, let's say, these forbearances have run their course. And again, we do believe there's going to be a continuation of these programs. And at some leveling of degrees, but if the depreciation—I'm sorry—depreciation continues, as it will, um, but it's not going to happen like it did back in 07, 08, 09 because of the forbearances, because the government is already intervening, trying to keep people in their houses. No one's even talking about that. But trust your coach, or maybe we're your future coach. A year from now, that's what everyone's going to be talking about. Now, the other thing that, and uh, a different NAR article that they were talking about is when is, uh, essentially, when is inflation going to kick in? Um, and again, quoting Lawrence Yoon again, I'm not reading his exact quote. We'll do that tomorrow. I'm just foreshadowing what we're going to talk about because it is interesting, right? It helps you guys to prepare. Uh, he is, again, saying depreciation, which Julie and I have been saying, and then he's saying there's going to be inflation, which is, guess what, the exact same thing we've been uh, saying. The inflation is a natural byproduct of all the money printing. Now, he is saying which I thought was interesting, but he thought the inflation would kick in in, in the next five years. So in, in the next five years, you're going to start seeing real in, the damaging effects of inflation. Now, here's what it feels like initially. Again, listen tomorrow. But initially, inflation feels, whoa, it's good. Look at Because when things start to inflate, it just like the word says, things start to become more costly, which means real estate values will increase, but so will everything else. 
So your house might go from being, you know, 500,000 to 750,000. You might have thought you won the real estate lottery, but everything else in your life has increased in cost the same amount or more, uh, consumer goods, food, things like that. And if they too have gone up in price, the added sort of, you know, it's a psychological thing saying my house is worth 750 grand, but everything else is more expensive Then there's no added real buying power or your, your net worth may have increased, but essentially your cost to exist has increased as well. So you don't get any benefit from it. It's one thing to go from like in a low inflationary time, if your house goes up by 250 grand, that puts you ahead of the curve. But if everything else is increasing commensurate with the amount that your house is quote unquote increased in value, you haven't gotten anywhere. You're just treading water. You guys get it? That's what uh, NAR was expecting to happen within five years. But Julie and I think that's going to happen within 24 months. And we're going to give you our drill down on why we think that's going to happen and what you can be doing to prepare. But I want you to go back to what we were saying and what we've been saying. In the greatest times of change, and this is true in history, not just you know now, but going all the way back just to the original you know, written Old Testament, all that stuff. The oldest history you can find. The greatest fortunes. Now, you don't have to be thinking in terms of Bill Gates level fortunes, but just, you know, your own personal financial well off, being well off, right? Or being rich even, where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Those fortunes were made during the greatest times of change. That's always true. And we're experiencing a long-term greatest time of change era. Five, 10 years, most likely. Oh, 10 years. Dear God, Tim, did you really say that? Well, let me back it up. During the 07 crisis, oh, you know, and that sort of started, it was September of 07. I remember it well when the first subprime words company, you know, failed. You then saw unemployment rate increase. Well, how long did it take from the peak unemployment as a result of that recession, the Great Recession? How long did it take for the unemployment rate to fall to the point where it was just earlier this year? 10 years. It took 10 years for the unemployment rate to get to that low rate that it was just, what, 90 days ago? How long do you think it's going to take? And now the unemployment rate obviously is higher than it was then. So how long do you think it's going to take this time? Conservatively, 10 years. You guys get it? So we are in a long-term cycle. We're going to see all kinds of things that we've only read about in history books. We're going to see deflation. We're going to see, in, we're going to see inflation. We're going to see all kinds of booms and busts. We're going to see new businesses form, new businesses, old businesses fail. We're going to see new business models. We're going to see things in, that we've never could have possibly imagined. This is going to usher in a new era, a new economy. This some, Whatever comes after this level of destruction is going to be so much more magnificent over time than what we could even possibly conceive. It, this, this is what these types of events in history have always resulted in is something that's essentially... Uh, a huge step forward. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, we're here one day and, you know, next day it's everything's sort of, you know, perfect. It's not going to be like that. It's going to take a long period of time. Again, a lot of pain, unfortunately, is going to happen. You are right there on the front lines of being able to have a huge impact on people's lives. You are going to be the person that goes in there and helps people save their houses, solve their problems. You know, you're going to be in there on the front lines helping. Think about it, how many people get the benefit when you sell a house. There are hundreds, you know, that'll get benefit. Okay, your buyers and your sellers, right? We got that. But what about the title companies, the escrow companies? Oh, not good there. Have you guys ever studied or researched how much money is spent by a buyer after they move in on paint, wall cover, you know, window coverings? Home Depot's stock went down uh, because 
of the falling home sale numbers because Home, <laughs> home Depot makes a crap ton more money when home sales increase. Because depending on what you believe, the average homeowner, once they close on the home within 12 months, spends like 25 or 30 grand. More expensive homes, they could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on remodeling and decorating. So all of the people that get paid as a result of you doing your work, you are one of the most essential workers, right, that this economy has because you control so many different aspects of the economy. And because of that, our industry is always going to be supported because we are absolutely frontline deployed downrange, you know, really doing a lot to essentially move the, uh, the economy and move people forward and, you know, essentially helping to save the economy in our own, in our own unique ways and our own unique paths. So guys, what matters most is you stay focused. You do everything in your power to learn the skills this new market demands. And when you do that, you're going to be fine. Now, listen. Thank you very much for continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents. We certainly appreciate it. We're closing on 8 million uh, downloads and listens within the last re- reporting period. That's pretty, you know, it's mega. If you guys want to stay connected with us, uh, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or all the other normal um, podcast listening services. And if you guys want to uh, text me directly to talk about EXP Realty, please feel free to do so. 512 758 0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you anytime when you listen to replays of our podcast or tomorrow on a new show. Thank you. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.